it's like dating right you go talk to them you know maybe once or twice and if you don't like them then go find another one because in the end it's you know your life it's who you want to talk to and it's just to better yourself right absolutely yeah i mean you're brutal you're brutal in dating yeah hey guys welcome to podcaps my name is andrew and i'm currently a uh amb- ambassador for caps and today uh me along with a few friends of mine and ambassadors and a special guest we're going to be talking about mental health and counseling uh we're going to dive into several topics you know get the ball rolling um hopefully we can give you guys some helpful inf- information throughout this whole podcast and uh this is honestly my first one that I've ever done. So uh, I'm a little nervous, not going to lie, but I'm also super excited to be here and super excited to talk about what we have planned. Um, you guys want to introduce yourselves? Um, so I'm Reza. I've been here for the past two um, seasons too. Um, just to remind everyone, I'm 27 years old and I study computer science, a PhD student, fifth year at UTA and over a year, a part of CAPS. Um, happy to be here, part of this podcast. Thank you, Reza. I'm Eliana. It is my second season of PodCAPS, and I'm in my second semester as a CAPS ambassador here, a sophomore, and I am majoring in psychology. I'm super excited to be speaking with you guys again. Cool. Um, I'm Daniel. Uh, I've been here for all three seasons, even though I haven't probably talked in all of them. But uh, I'm super excited to start, you know, conversing in these conversations more often. And um, I believe that the topic we're talking about today is super interesting and I'm super excited for it. Yeah, I'm super excited for it, too. I mean, um, I guess I forgot to mention my quote unquote credentials. Uh, I'm technically a senior at UTA studying psychology, plan on graduating in the summer. And this will be my fourth semester uh, within CAPS as an ambassador. Uh, I've loved it the whole time I've been a part of it. Um, We've had to go through a lot of changes and adaptions since uh, COVID unfortunately hit last year. But we are doing an amazing job of adapting. And then we have one final special guest. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, my name is Cindy. I am one of the counselors in CAPS, and I'm also the outreach coordinator and the program advisor for the CAPS ambassador program. So I've this is the very first time I've been on a podcast, even though you all have been doing it for three semesters. I'm going to try not to take offense and just, you know, go with the flow. But um, I'm really, really excited to be here today. Um, it's just an awesome experience to, to be included. And Andrew, don't worry that you're nervous. And it's my first time to like we're kindred spirits right now. Yeah, no, I'm definitely excited and a little nervous too, but we're really happy to have you here. And, um, you know, guys, I just want to let the audience know that Cindy or Cynthia is my boss. So if I say something bad, uh, this might be my last podcast, guys. So just give me all a fair warning. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we're super excited to have you here because we get to have a, an opinion from a professional counselor. Whereas students and ambassadors, you know, 
we know a lot of information. We have all of the, I guess, uh, outlets that we can of information that we can give to people. But it's going to be great to hear from you and your opinion as a professional, because as students, you know, we don't know all the answers. And just giving you all the audience heads up, what I'm saying is not coming from a professional standpoint. For our first topic, if y'all don't mind jumping in, um, you know, what what is counseling? What what are we talking about whenever we talk about counseling? Because it is it can be considered a pretty broad spectrum of like what that definition is. But in your in y'all's opinion, what would you say? What is counseling? What would you describe it as like, quickly? I would say counseling is. A thing that someone seeks when they are looking for help, whatever the situation may be, um, whether it's personal, whether it's professional, just wanting to seek that help from someone. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. You know, to, to me, first of all, I have to acknowledge I've always struggled figuring out the difference between therapy and counseling, if there is any. At some point, I would like Cindy to clear it for me personally. But um, counseling for me, what, when you say counseling, what comes to my mind is going to some professional and talk about whatever you want without being judged and hopefully get some feedback so you can apply it to your life. Um, as it says, counseling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the therapy, you can't. This is just my understanding of it. Uh, is more of it becomes a bit more technical, and people try to maybe like go deeper with the r- real s- roots of the problems you have, rather than just being an ear to someone. Sorry, be, yeah, being an ear and let the, the let the client to only speak. Right, like get to the root. Yeah, yeah, like the real root of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. I've personally more experienced the the counseling part. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, but if you guys know more of the, the difference of between the two, that would be nice to bring up. I think when I hear the word counseling or before, I guess I joined caps when I heard the word counseling or therapy, I kind of had this image of you are laying in a leather chair in a little like nice office and it's like in the movies where, you know, the counselor is just asking you, oh, why do you feel this way? How do you feel that way? Why do you feel that way? And so it was always just in my mind, like, oh, that's what like counseling and therapy is like in the movies. Like they just lay on that couch and with their hands crossed over their chest and their eyes are closed and they're deeply thinking. And that was it. That's all I really knew until I joined CAPS and realized just how prevalent um like counseling is and just how many different techniques there are to, like you said, Reza, to your point, to getting to those roots of the issues and to really open up, uh, to help open up people about their issues and finding a certain goal, uh, that way that they can get past those issues, whatever mental issues that they have. Um, and so I guess it's really changed my, my view of it over time, obviously, since I've been in CAPS, but before then, I really didn't know a whole lot about it because I 
I just wasn't taught a whole lot about it. And I, and I never had experienced it beforehand. So in my head, I just saw it in the movies as like, Oh yeah, I'm going to lay on a couch and they're just going to ask me questions. Like, but it's really, there's a lot more to that. Um, in my opinion. Has anyone here been just a question? If whoever wants to can answer. Um, have you all been to counseling before? I have. I have. When was the first time? If you have, tell me when, when it was the first time and what it was like. Was it easy for you? Did you have to go through some stigma? Um, Did anyone encourage you? Let's see. Gosh, this was since 2021 now. This was probably about three, three, three years ago, maybe. I went to a few sessions um, because... At the time, I was really confused about what I wanted to do in life. Um, you know, I had no clue that I wanted to go into psychology. I, at the time, I think I had started off as a business major, switched to journalism just because I hated math. And I was like, what's the opposite of math? Journalism. Let's go for that. Didn't like that. Uh, went to Mountain View for a little bit and... I was also dealing with a lot of pressure and hardships in my relationship at the time, and I wasn't handling it the best. And so for a while, I was like pushing all these emotions inwards, and I wasn't really talking about it, and, um, you know, it affected my mood and my health and my stress a lot. So... I talked to my mom and, you know, we had talked about possibly seeing a therapist and I was like, you know, what? I, I think I'm ready. And it, it took a little while for me to, to say I'm ready. But once I did, I, I found uh, this wonderful counselor. I'm not going to say her name, but um, just great counselor. And the experience at first was a little awkward because you're walking into this room and you don't really know what's going to happen. And I wasn't at UTA at the time. I was still in Mountain View, so I had knew nothing about counseling. And, you know, she just asks you some very basic questions at the beginning and kind of lets you know what this is going to be like and how we could proceed. And I, after the first session and then the second and then the third, I was like, oh, wow, like this is, this is helping. Like this is a really helpful thing. And um, I think it just gets a whole lot of uh, negative stigma about, oh, you're, you're going to see a counselor like, oh, there's like, why? Just deal with it yourself. Like, but for me, it was a really positive experience. And um, I also went again recently this year uh, because of some other hardships that I've been dealing with. And again, same thing, positive experience, um, you know, really helped me get back on track and I'm still, you know, on that path of, you know, staying on the right path of positivity. But in my experience, it's been really helpful, really great. And I encourage others not to be afraid of it. Um, now that's my experience. There may have been other people that have bad experiences, but that's mine. Have you guys had any other experiences with therapy or counseling systems? Personally, um, I have not been to counseling. 
but I do have friends who have. And um, while I'm happy that Andrew has had only positive experiences, um, I've had some friends talk to me about how maybe their first counseling session didn't go right, or maybe their first two or three didn't. And so they just have to uh, jump around to a couple of counselors before finding that one. And so I think that's something um, important to say, that um, maybe your first experience isn't the greatest, right? And maybe your second or maybe your third. And so the way I like the way Cindy explains it to me, and um, I think is the best analogy is it's like dating, right? You go talk to them, you know, maybe once or twice. And if you don't like them, then go find another one. Because in the end, it's, you know, your life. It's who you want to talk to. And it's just to better yourself, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean. You're brutal. You're brutal in dating, man. Yeah? I mean, <laughs> but like, <laughs> in, in the end, right, you kind of have to be. Because, I mean, it's who you're going to be spending, like, most of your time with. Or at least in dating wise, and so I mean in counseling wise, it's the same way, right? It's who you're yeah. talking about your problems, and you know. I yeah. agree with the whole analogy of dating. I mean, I think that's another negative stigma is like, okay, I picked this counselor and I have to stick with them. Well, that's not true. Like, if you don't, if you guys don't click, and you're not getting a positive feedback or positive energy from the therapist, counselor, psychiatrist, who, who is it? Whomever, whoever, whomever, oh, I believe. whomever it may be. I could be wrong on that. Might get fired on that one. Um, the point is it's okay to change because you got to find that right person. Like you said. So I like the analogy of like, it's kind of like dating. Like, you, you know, you got to find the right person to open up about some of your, your deepest thoughts and some of your deepest pains maybe. And, and that's hard to do. And, you got to find that right connection. I think that's a, a great point. You know, is it's okay to change counselors. If you don't connect with one, keep trying. Don't give up. You know, there's a lot out there and I'm sure they have other contacts. Um, and you know, once you do find the one, stick with it, you know, keep going. Um, that's my opinion. And I, I like the analogy of the whole dating. It seems like Daniel, you're uh, you're pretty good at you know shooing away all of the opportunities that come by. So that's impressive, Daniel. <laughs> so I'm going to interject and just say that that analogy I think is 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 used also a lot because it it does take a lot I think for someone to go to counseling, especially for the very first time. It can. It can be nerve wracking. I mean, this is a stranger. You, a lot of times people might have certain views about what it means to, you know, say my private stuff to someone outside of the family. So they're coming in with a host of different things. And you can imagine what it might be like for that person if that's just not a good first experience. And so I have students that have come to me and said, you know, I've had bad experiences and I swore off of it for like three years, and then I'm, I'm just now starting back. And so that's where the analogy comes from also is to, like dating, if you have a, a bad date, say a bad first date, you usually don't say I'm going to swear off dating and all people for the next three, four, five years or forever. Um, you just usually keep at it and try to see if you eventually find someone that you can connect with. Um so being able to see that, yes, don't just necessarily have to commit and stick with the very first one and person that you see. And to go back, I've definitely um, been in counseling slash therapy 
for various reasons throughout my life. The very first time I was in counseling was when I was an undergrad um, in college and I had grievance, uh, grievances, I had grief issues um, going on. I was far away from home across the country. I went to school up in the East Coast um, and it was um, just a lot of a lot of grief and, and sadness going on. And so I, I reached out to my college counseling center and that was my very first experience. And it was luckily a good one. Um, so, yeah. And I can go also about therapy and counseling too, but I don't know if I want to talk so much for, for you all. So let me, let me see um, what you all want to talk about. Now, I mean, I was kind of wondering the same thing when, I Reza first kind of brought it up when he said counseling versus therapy. If you don't mind, uh, Cindy, if you could just like kind of distinguish between the two, uh, because, uh, you know, personally, I would like to know like exactly what's, what is the difference between those two terms? And then I guess there is a third por- portion of a psychiatry. Um, correct. Okay. Right. So, Counseling and therapy, honestly, I use them interchangeably a lot, and I think a lot of people do um, in the profession, so it's not wrong, per se, to use them interchangeably, but if we were going to get very, very nuanced and detailed, I think counseling generally um, is a broad term to encompass uh, usually what would be considered, uh, you know, non-clinical supportive, um, brief or short-term solution focused support. Um, so you may have heard that, like, there's a clinical psychologist and a counseling psychologist. So a clinical psychologist would be someone that would be very diagnostically focused and symptom focused and very focused on, um, you know, the clinical aspects of this is someone's mental illness or diagnosis, and these are the symptoms related to that, and how are we going to work on that? Oftentimes, they're a little bit more um, focused, again, on long-term chronic mental health issues, um, whereas counselors, again, can be more of the short-term solution focus. And generally, that's some of the, that's most of the work that we do in the counseling center at CAP. But again, very nuanced. Um, I don't necessarily think people get into those those things. And then psychiatrists is very different in that they are medically trained professionals that uh, go through either medical school, so they are MDs, or through uh, psychiatric uh, nurse practitioners that are able to prescribe medications. So if you ever encounter a counselor or a psychotherapist that says I can prescribe you medication, run out the door because they are not allowed to do that. Um, Only psychiatrists are able to do that with the correct uh, training. Yeah. Thank you for clearing that up because I think that is extremely important for people to know those differences, um, especially between counseling therapy and then going to a psychiatrist. So thank you for clearing that up. Um, So, if you guys don't mind, um, I have some some myths about counseling that that were kind of bugging me. They were kind of irking me. I did some research and, you know, I found this whole Web page of common myths about counseling. And I was reading through them and 
was like, ah, that, those, those need to be talked about more. That, that has, that's not true. That's not true. So the first one says you have to have a mental illness to go to a counselor. What are y'all's thoughts on that? Well, Cindy, as Cindy just said, for counseling, it's just short term. It doesn't have to be like clinically. You don't have to be clinically diagnosed with anything necessarily to go counseling. I mean, personally, I've never been medically diagnosed, but very frequently I've gone counseling, um, mostly for issues that I was dealing with at the time, situational um, conditions, basic situational reasons. Um, so I don't think that's really the case. However, um, what I'm really more, what I was really more scared of when I was about to start going to counseling was if it was a problem to have any mental illness. And I mean, that's another whole story that we, I would like us to talk about, especially because my mom was the person who encouraged me to go counseling when I was an undergrad. Mm-hmm. And now looking back, it was very open-minded of her because it would never come to my mind personally to go counseling. But it's funny to say that that's not the case with my dad. I wouldn't say my dad is closed about it, but it's definitely nowhere near my mom's idea about counseling. Um, at least at the time. I haven't talked to him about it these days. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so I can understand why people think that they need to have some kind of like mental illness to go to counseling. Yeah. Not- I agree. I mean, like, you know, in my opinion, you don't you don't have to have a serious mental illness. Like if you are just stressed in general, like a lot of college students my age, um, about to be 24, you know, even students younger, older than me. You know, if you're just stressed about finals, like you can still go see a counselor and talk to them about that. You don't have to. You know, this just for an example, um, uh, be bipolar like that, that, you know, you can go for really any reason that you want. Um, you know, I think having a mental illness is not just the sole reason why you should go. Like if you need to go or if you want to go, I think go for it. You know, any other thoughts on this on this myth? That I think we should keep debunking. Yeah, I have to agree with you guys on like the stigma surrounding counseling. I have a very close family member that is going through that process now and they're in counseling to just help themselves figure out like who they are and just to guide them to the right path in life. So it's definitely not about having a mental illness. Um, there's so many different things that you can go to counseling for. So if you've got anxiety and you want to talk to someone about it, Go for it. And like Andrew mentioned, like if you have test anxiety or if you're stressed out, talk to someone about it because it does help a lot, despite like what people may think. It helps a lot to talk about things. Mm -hmm. And it's like an acceptance, like, you know, the stages of grief. You are accepting that this is happening and now you're moving forward to try to fix it with that professional help. So it's not all about mental illness. Absolutely. I greatly said thank you, Eliana. Any other thoughts? I have a few other myths that I could go over. Any other thoughts on that one, guys? No? 
I can just say the reason I mostly go has always been 90% was relationship. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think, a good example. And I think that's a big part of a lot of people. Yeah. A, lot of, a major reason for many people who go counseling. I mean, like I said, the first time I went, half of the reason was because of the relationship I was in at that current time. And so it wasn't even a mental illness, you know, um, it just had to do with kind of everyday life experiences. And, you know, as you get older, you may encounter some tough times and tough situations. But I think the key is to know that you're not alone and you don't need to have a, you know, specific mental illness to see a counselor, I think is our, our main point that we want to debunk this first myth um, yeah i'll 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 uh, say something pretty radical here one of the other reasons i went to counseling is i was engaged and then i met my husband and i was like oh shoot like i don't know if i want to be engaged to this person anymore i just mm-hmm. met this really really awesome person and i think i need to break off of this engagement and i'm supposed to be married in i don't know less than a year i i needed to go a therapist to get some work done um, and it really helps so I again I think that relationships are in situational issues are a huge reason for getting support um, you know life happens and we need to have that uh, that sounding board again I was at that time I was still far away from family so um, not a lot of people know that about me, but I just decided, you know what, why, why not spice up this conversation and just let you all know that. That's going to get spicy. I don't want to do it on air, but that's, that's, <laughs> I, that's, I don't know. Yeah. Move on. <laughs> no judgment here. I mean, that's too spicy for you. Reza. No, yeah. Yeah. Because you, I have so many questions it. now. I have so many questions about it, but I don't want to talk about it here. It's funny that you say that. Well, because we can we can all answer the questions. That's fine. We're all adults as long as it remains kind of what like PG thirteen. I don't know what what the rules are here. It goes no. through relationship then. <laughs> counseling from counseling goes to relationship issues. It's yeah. funny. It, no, it's, I, I, it's funny that you said it because that is um, it pretty much the same story of how my mom met my dad is, you know, she was in that similar situation where she was engaged to someone else and then kind of by chance through work uh, met my dad, um, you know, at the hospital. And so, you know, she had talked about kind of like what you had mentioned, Cynthia, at such a young age, you know, you committed to someone, but then there's a lot of pressure and a lot of stress. So, you know, I don't think she had seen a counselor at the time, but um, it probably would have helped her stress levels because she was telling me, you know, that was such a stressful time in my life. I knew it was the right decision, but it was just hard to do as is. So, like you said, it could it's very situational situation to situational, you know, um situation that you're put in in life where it doesn't matter if you have a mental illness or disorder it could be any reason if you're feeling stressed please seek help that's 
one of our main goals as TAPS ambassadors is don't be afraid to seek help. And I think it kind of leads into some of these other myths um, talking about seeking counseling is a sign of weakness. Um, to me, I, I hate hearing that. I really do. Um, I think being vulnerable is being brave. I think those two intertwine. I think to be vulnerable is, is just to also have a lot of bravery to open up yourself to someone, to a friend or a counselor, whatever the case may be. Um, that is a strength that I think a lot of people should try and work on is to be more open and to be more vulnerable because you never know when that friend or that counselor can help you in that situation. And then if you don't open up and it bottles up inside, like for me, it happens a lot. Uh, it will all come out one day in a negative way. So this sign of weakness, um, if you go into counseling, does that, what do y'all think? What are y'all's thoughts on that? On Is, is that a weakness y'all? Like, have y'all heard of that before? That, like hearing that, like angers me to mm-hmm. like say that, like you could see getting help as weakness. I feel like, like Andrew said, it's a strength. It takes a strong person to really sit down and think about their issues and see it as a problem and then want to go seek help. Like it's hard. And a lot of people are in denial. They don't want to know, like notice the truth or become aware of what's going on. So I think that's a very, very strong person and brave person. So it shouldn't be seen as a weakness. No one should think that's a weakness, but that like hearing that just made me feel so I upset. Know. It, it yeah. Me. yeah. I was reading. I was like, these, this, like, uh, like this is frustrating and mm-hmm. it, it's not a weakness. I think it's a, it's a sign of bravery. Like you're, you're putting yourself out there. You're, you're opening yourself. That's a hard thing to do for a lot of people. I mean, I'm a, I consider myself a very social, somewhat outgoing person. But whenever I start to bottle things in, that just creates more stress and more pain. And, you know, I've learned from that in the past and I've, I do it less and less now, but there are still times where I catch myself doing that. And I, you know, snap into that mode of like, okay, what was I trained to do? What was I, what, what were, what were the counselors telling me? Like, let me, let me breathe. Let me just take a second and talk to someone, pick up the phone, call a friend. If you don't have the needs or availability to see a counselor right in that moment, call a friend, call your mom, call your dad, call your, your sister, your brother, who, who, here we are again, whomever or whoever it may be call them because I hate I hate hearing that you know these myths and that it's a sign of weakness I, I think that's just it, it irks me um one personally. yeah one easy way to basically describe it that I've heard is just look at it as a physical pain like when you break your leg do you feel weak to go to doctor I mean you have an issue you just have to go and fix it to whoever can help you fix it i'm gonna steal yeah. that. i like that right i'm gonna steal that yeah yeah i heard it i heard it let me give you the source i heard <laughs> it from um mike shinoda is a is a is a is a member of the music band linkin park oh okay so the lead lead singer killed himself uh, mm. in 2017 mm. so he went 
um, public about like how he was feeling about it, talking about it. So through some of his interviews, I heard that, and that really made sense. Yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, I, I I never really even thought of it like that. Like, yeah, if you break your arm or your leg, like, what are you gonna do? Sit at home and not do anything about it? I mean, your brain is such an important organ in your body. It's you know, it controls everything, and there's so many little nuances within your brain that we know nothing about. So we're still trying to learn about it. So, you know, if anything that's very vulnerable, it is your mind. And we if trying to keep that, keep your mind at a healthy state for as long as possible um, is just a key to life that I think we all need to address. And if we're afraid to talk about it, that there's, there's a problem. We should not be afraid to talk about, you know, what we are vulnerable about or what we're scared to talk about because in the end, it's just going to hurt us in the long run, in my opinion. Any other thoughts on this certain myth or should I move on to another one that kind of bugged me? I was just, I was going to say, I think I took that one a little personal. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I, I, I <laughs> I wish I didn't even go to this website. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's see. They also said um, that uh, counselors will try and put you on medication. That, oh, that's something I relate to. That's something I relate to even when I started. And I'm always scared of meditation. Even to this date, I have still a little bit of a stigma to it, far less than before. Mm-hmm. It was always like... So this is the border for me. I go until they want to tell me you need medication. That's the end point for me. I'm not going to continue afterwards. But I notice it's not just me. It's someone I know also. I feel this very... Now I'm a bit more open to it because I had very close people to me who were using medication. Mm-hmm. Now now I'm open to it if I feel like I have to. Again, similar to, to physical pain. If you need to, you need to. But for a very, very long time, because it feels like someone's trying to manipulate you. That's that's the scare I had. Get into your mind, and what if he messes you up? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I, this was the scare. I um, you know, I have been put on a couple of uh, I would say light sleeping medications. I was prescribed that um, it's called I believe clonazepam. Very, it just kind of like helps clear your mind before you go to sleep. And I was having trouble sleeping. This is about a, a year ago. And, um, I remember I had those same thoughts for us. I was like, do I really want to take a pill before I go to bed like two or four times a week? Cause it was really during the nights when I kind of had a feeling that I wasn't going to get much sleep. And I've had this struggle for pretty much since high school. So I, for about a year, I tried to go as natural and as holistic as possible, Um, you know, using meditation techniques, uh, stretching at night, um, reading before I went to bed, you know, all the little tips that they try and tell you to to help um, because I didn't, I had that, you know, kind of same thought like, oh, I don't want to be on this medication, but Recently, you know, I've had uh, these issues continue and I recently went to see another doctor and 
he was very holistic about the uh, medications that he wanted to prescribe to me. He was uh, going through the process with me and he told me, you know, we don't, our goal isn't to not have you on this for the rest of your life. We just want to get you back on the straight path, you know, back on your regular sleeping schedule. So, you know, my ideas have kind of changed like yours, as I, I agree, like, oh, man, like there's part of me that doesn't want it. And then there's a part of me that's OK with it because it, it does help if you need it. Um, but I think back to the main point is counselors do not and should not give you any medications. Um, Cynthia mentioned this before. Please run out the door if the counselor or therapist is trying to do that. Um, because that's not their job. And, um, also it's just not true. <laughs> I mean, it's just, if you've heard it the audience, if you guys have heard that before, it's not true. Now a psychiatrist is where they can prescribe you legal medications. Um, but I think that's one of the big myths out there is like, oh yeah, like they're going to put me on something and you know, it's not going to, it's going to affect how I, you know, react daily, which, you know, is maybe true if you see a psychiatrist and you need it, need it. Like if it's an actual disorder that needs immediate attention and that's okay. But most of the time I feel as if, you know, if you're going to see a counselor, obviously you're not going to get a medication, but they're just going to help you just talk through it. And I think that's why we're here, too, is to let people know that, hey, if you see a counselor at UTA or wherever you go, just know that they're not going to, you know, shove a bunch of pills down your throat whenever you're leaving. They are here to help you by talking through it. Um, You know, that's that's my opinion on that. I just, you know, I've heard it before and I don't know if you guys have heard that myth before. Um, but that one was, was another one that just I just needed to make sure that people knew that that's not the case. Have you guys heard of that myth before? That counselors, like if you go, that you'll be put on medication. Yeah, I've heard that one before. And honestly, medication is scary in general because, one, they have the craziest names. Like, Andrew, when you named that, I was like, what? <laughs> And you also, like, don't know how it's going to affect your body either because everyone's so different. But, yeah, that's a red flag. Run out the door, like Cindy said. Don't let them give you anything. So. Right. And I, I, I'm not saying medications are, are bad. I, 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 like, it, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, listen to the professionals. Listen to your doctors. Listen to your counselors or your psycho- psychiatrist, um, you know. Don't just go to a friend who may have a prescription or something and just take it because they say it helps them. That you may be allergic to something within the medication. It may affect you negatively. So I would say always try and... Not always, but when you see a counselor, just know that they're not going to shove medications, you know, 
at you. And, um, you know, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm correct, right? Cynthia is like, whenever you see a student of some or anyone, that's I'm, just, I'm ready. I'm ready to pour it down their gullet. Like, pour I'm it. just like open <laughs> wide. Just, ah, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for them. No, um, there's a few things I, I just want to mention. Uh, psychiatry is a, a branch of CAP. So, um, when I say run out the door, you know, um, I'm meaning if a therapist is like, here, I have a notepad, here's the prescription. Um, that would be a, a no-go, right? Um, but what does often happen is a counselor might speak with you about what you're experiencing and if it rises to the level of severity that you're really being, I mean, really what it comes down to is, is functionality. Are you functioning on a day-to-day basis where you're able to get your basic needs met? You know, are you able to, to do your schoolwork? Are you able to get out of bed? Are you able to continue with your relationship? Are you able to work? Um, if your functionality is at a point where you're still pretty good, then we're likely going to just keep it with talk therapy and see where it goes. But if the severity rises where there's risk involved or if it's just like I am not able to get out of bed or I am like zero percent motivation level with school, um, that is likely saying there's something more severe going on that we may need to at least discuss the possibility of getting you a referral to see a psychiatrist. I will not be prescribing you the medication, but I will be referring you to uh, uh, someone to talk to you about that. So again, it's important to, to make that distinction. Um, certainly cannot force anyone at the end of the day. It's their bodies. It's their decision. Um, so I might make a referral and they're like, peace, see you never want to, you know, do that again. Um, and that's their decision. That's their right, right? So we can um, make recommendations, referrals, and, um, you know, it's, it's always up to the student to be able to take charge of their own um, mental health uh, decisions at the end of the day. Um, you said something else that I wanted to mention, but you know what? I guess it's just. If you think of it, just pop back <laughs> and let me know and we'll get back to it. But I have a question about it. Maybe that will help you to remember that um, because it's a real case. So. I know against someone, first of all, I'm not even a counselor, so I can't, I, I don't even feel confident enough to suggest anything to anyone. Mm-hmm. But as you said, it can paralyze you from doing your daily routine for a long time. If we see a friend appear that's suffering from that for a very long time, and they've been doing counseling before, um, so is it okay as camps ambassador, as a peer, to suggest them, hey, you might need medication of course i'm not going to prescribe for that medication just encouraging them because once it happened and i felt they were very scared of the side effect of medication so overall my question is can you humanize a bit medication so we are more accepting of medication and what side effects it could have and how often they how um, prevalent it is the side effects Yeah, I think that, I mean, I'm, I don't know if you're asking that question to me, but I think it does yeah, actually yeah. Remi- remind me of what uh, I was going to say. But 
I think that in order to have that conversation would would be, you know, a really good step in just being a good friend or a loved one. If you're noticing like, hey, I know that you're talking to someone and maybe not say you need to be on meds ASAP. Like that probably wouldn't be the nicest way to go about it. But maybe just saying, um, I'm curious, have you and your counselor talked about medications yet? Like just a curious conversation because more than likely they probably have. Um, you know, it, it would be surprising to me if you're noticing all these things and the therapist isn't. And who knows what those conversations look like um, behind closed doors, right? Um, maybe they're just, there's a, a significant part of therapy that I do sometimes just to get students ready to make the step to make, to go to psychiatry. Hmm. It's, it's, it's talking about their concerns, their fears, their anxieties. And then they're ready. So you never know in what stage someone might be in the process. The other right. thing I was going to mention is the medication because Aliana said like, oh, they have crazy funky names. Um, they, it's true. They do. Um, but basically the, the medication that, that you're prescribed is, is a benzo, a benzodiazepine, which is a, a controlled substance. And so I do appreciate Andrew that you mentioned not just going to, you know, the local, um, you know, person at the corner where the, mm-hmm. I don't know, I lived in New York City and they used to always say where the sneakers have, you know, are on the high wires where you could get your substances. Um, but basically oh, don't, God. don't go to the guy down the street to get your benzos and right. to get your, your Adderall, you know, mm-hmm. like that, those are controlled substances. And people are there to evaluate you um, should you benefit from those types of of substances, for sure. Right. And I want to, you know, because I am personally experiencing it, um, just to, I guess, uh, shoo away some fear of medications. Um, This weekend, I recently hung out with one of my good friends and I was telling him about the, uh, you know, medications I was prescribed for my basically sleep insomnia, um, is what he diagnosed me with, with high level of his anxiety and, uh, mid level of depressions. And so I was describing to my friend, he was like, wow, like you have these prescriptions. Like I've never heard of some of them. Like, you know, how do you feel? And I was like, they have helped a lot, um, you know, since I've taken them and they've really helped me, you know, get back on a normal sleeping track. And I was just suggesting to him because he has these similar issues and has had a lot of these similar issues that I've had. And I was and he was like, well, he was like, you know, what do you think about, you know, if I see a doctor or something. I was like, yeah, like it, I highly recommend it. if you want to talk to your doctor about it, go for it because everyone is different. His signs, symptoms may not be, you know, exactly the same as mine. So he may not get the same treatment per se, but I think, you know, it is important if your friend or peer, whatever is talking about it and, Luckily, I've experienced the positive sides from it. Um, 
you know, I felt comfortable enough to be like, yeah, I, if you want to talk to your, your doctor about you not getting sleep multiple nights in a row, just like I was, go for it. Please call him. Like if that's, or a counselor or anybody, you know, just, and he was like, all right, like, I think I'm going to, he was like, if it happens again, I'm going to call my doctor. I was like, okay, cool. Like that's your decision. And then you and your doctor talked about it. You know, I wasn't there like saying, yeah, like here, borrow some of these and tell me how you feel. Like, no, that's not how you should go about it. Like you were saying, Cynthia, don't go to the guy down the street, you know, don't, because you you don't know what they're putting in to these pills. You don't, it's very, very sketchy. But to Reza's point, you know, I would say don't be afraid just to, to refer to be like, yeah, like maybe you should talk to your doctor about it. If you are struggling with whatever it is that that person is going through, um, I think it is important to have those conversations and I think it's important to, you know, not be afraid of some of these medications. Like I, I take it and I, I'm, I go throughout my day normally and, and now I can sleep better. And so I, I talk the same. I feel the same. I act the same. You know, I'm not in a whole different state of, of mind. Um, and so, you know, it's all about, how comfortable you feel and you can suggest counseling or seeing, you know, a doctor, but don't be afraid if like Cynthia was saying, if your counselor is referring you to a psychiatrist, don't be afraid because they know what they're talking about. They know they probably experienced other situations like that before, like in their professional careers and have seen it before. So just, Try and trust them and what they're saying because I guarantee you that they're right and most of the time that they're right and that what they're going to do and say is it will help. Um, it has helped me so far, uh, by reaching out and, um, you know, Cindy was one of the first ones I was like, you need to reach out to someone. You need to find help. And so I did. And since that point, it has gotten better and better and better. So with referring it to a friend, I would highly recommend it um, in the correct way is my point. Not I have a guy's phone number that you can call, you know, to get whatever you need. No. Talk to your doctor, talk to a counselor, and then go from there is uh, kind of what I experienced just recently, ironically, this weekend when we were talking about it. Any final thoughts, you guys, on, you know, just counseling or therapy or, you know, psychiatry in general before we wrap things up? So um, I know I didn't really talk much um, during this whole conversation. I've just been, you know, considering my thoughts and things like that. But I'm sort of going to bring it back um, a little bit to, to the conversation earlier. But I definitely think a big part about like the stigmas and like the, those like myths really come from is uh, the people around you. So like culture and like, well, at least for me um, and for like a whole lot of my life, it was my my dad mostly where it comes from. It was always like, uh, why are you acting like this? Why can't you like just be a man? Right. And so I feel like that was like the biggest part um, that brought a lot of the stigma, at least for myself. And it's like still 
um, a big part of my mentality. That's something that I have to work on personally. And so that's that's where like that's my viewpoint on it. That like all these myths, especially like the weakness one, that's like one that really hit me. That was like it's just something culturally, right? That a lot of people um a lot of people go through. And so yeah, that's just like my viewpoint on that. Yeah, no, I mean I agree. I completely agree with that. Any other thoughts about um what Daniel had to say or any other But but, but Daniel, you said you haven't been to counseling before. So and what was the situation if you want to talk it's about it's not like one situation in general right it's just like um i already know how to explain it right me being around the house um having maybe having have, having to tell my dad around the house right and maybe not being able to to do something right or maybe me being um mopey and having like an episode where i just don't want to do something because of school like in high school or something um then him just coming out hey why can't you just like you're a man right you're not supposed to act like this and things like that and so um, I think that's like a really big thing why I haven't been to counseling in general is because of that. And it's something like how Eliana said earlier, right? It's something that you have to be like a strength and it's something that I'm working on um, personally, something that I need to, that I recognize I need to go counseling, but because of these experiences, I'm having trouble with it, right? And so um, I have actually uh, made an appointment. So I'm going to go to counseling soon. And so that's like the biggest thing with me. And I feel like that's like a big step personally, because um, for like the biggest part of my life, I couldn't take that step. Right. And so, you know, that's just where I'm at. I'm at. And I'm actually happy to say that out loud, that that's like a step that I'm taking. That is great to hear, Daniel. I'm really happy that you're taking that step forward. And, you know, it's kind of ironic that you say, uh, you know, be a man. And because in that list of myths that I was going through, one of them was, you know, men should not see a counselor because they should be a man about it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a myth. And I'm glad that you are a prime example of debunking that myth and having the strength, like Eliana said, to schedule an appointment and to take a step forward for your positive mental health. So that's great to hear, man. Which I find funny, too, because, like, the whole time I was quiet, it was just like, man, these guys are, like, saying everything that's, like, hitting me personally. Like, they're just, like, calling me out over and over again. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> no, wait, definitely. No, I want to say that, like, if no one else says this, I'm going to say it, that I'm proud of you for, like, taking that step. Because I know that, like, hearing what you said, that could not have been easy. So, yeah, just know that we care about you. And our listeners, I'm sure they care, too. So that's that's really good. I'm glad. Yes, Daniel, with an easier last name than mine. <laughs> if you want a soccer player, the soccer player of our team. <laughs> yeah, this, this guy <laughs> run 25 miles in like five minutes. What was it? Like something like that? It was not five minutes. I wish. <laughs> I, men- I mentioned it Six before. Six minutes, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I mentioned it before. I ran a marathon. I think it was like four hours or whatever, but that was just whatever. That's impressive. Well, like we, they said, and I'm going to say it again, we are really proud of you because, you know, that's an awesome thing to do. And it's not an easy thing to do to come out and say that, but we completely have your back. Um, and I think it's just a great example for anyone who's listening to not be afraid. And, you know, it may take time for you to get to that point to where you want to see someone, 
and that's okay. But, you know, I, we're all really proud of you. And I think, um, that's just great to hear. And if, if you need to talk to anyone else, feel free to reach out to us too, you know, to friends or family or counselors, whatever the case may be. Cause that's what we were talking about today is getting and finding help through counseling. And if you guys need any other services, um, please reach out to CAPS um, at UTA. Uh, you can go to our website. We have our uh, references all under, uh, if you look under the YouTube video link, we have all of our references there. You go to uh, uta.edu slash studentaffairs slash CAPS, and you can schedule an appointment online. Um, and, you know, hopefully, you know, be as brave as Daniel is being right now, because I think it takes a lot of bravery to, uh, to be open and to be vulnerable. And I'm, you know, really proud of you as a friend, Daniel. That's awesome. That's great to hear. Let me also say about, um, so if you're a student at UTA, you can always go, you have six sessions free per semester to go counseling and it all starts with the phone call. You, you, you call and you take an appointment. Um, they're usually very easy going with the first one. I mean, from my experience with the first one, you can get it, um, in a, when I say is it going, I mean, you don't have to wait too long based on my experience, although sometimes you have to wait. Um, but sometimes they look at their schedule and they give you something, especially if you say it's very urgent. If it's very urgent, I'm sure there are um, cases that will open up for you in a very uh, on even short notice. And um, right now it's through Zoom, Zoom calls. You see the counselor. It's not in person. You see the counselor and... You talk with them. It used to be early on in the COVID, it was just phone call, but then transition into Zoom calls, which a lot of people prefer, actually, because they're really <laughs> an- anxious when it gets to meeting in person. Um, so this is about uh, uh, what CAPS offers in terms of counseling, and but about outside CAPS, if you want, for some reason, you, you don't, let's say you don't want to go to CAPS, right? Um, I would like to, you guys, if if you know, I personally don't have a lot of I know I just know it's very expensive that's I know and that can be an issue of a lot of people they just want you know just because is it because this caps is not that expensive is it not good quality also or no it's just because it's on campus so that's why it's it's free at least for six sessions but some people for whatever reason want to go outside how can they do it um you know I the way I did it was I kind of just Google searched uh, therapists near DeSoto. And that's where you live. Yeah, <laughs> Texas. And that's <laughs> how I went about it uh, when I first uh, tried it several years ago. And, um, yeah, I think I clicked on one of the first few links and it, cause it was a few miles down the road. And, um, you know, that's when you set your appointment. And then after your first appointment, that's where you kind of decide, do you want to stick with this person or do I need to change counselors? So, you know, that's how I went about it. I just kind of just did a random Google search. I didn't really have anyone 
by reference or by name, like, hey, you should see so-and-so. They're really good about it, blah, 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 blah. I was just kind of out in the blue, out in the dark. So I just just went to Google um, and did it that way. So if you don't have the means to to come or to use CAPS um, for your counseling ability, then, you know, by all means, try other places, maybe places near you in your area um, or uh, something that I didn't really think of is maybe reach out to your friends because they may have some other good referrals um, as well that you may never have known of. Um, but CAPS is a great service. So either way, I have you a link here. Um, also, a w, I, I'm going to give you a, a website for finding therapists. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's www.psychologytoday.com. Again, www.psychologytoday.com. And uh, if you don't know how to um, spell psychology, you can Google that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, that's 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 something you can you can look up to find yeah. psychologists around you. Great find a, yeah, find a therapist link on that website. Find a therapist. That's the way you can find that. Cool. Thank you, Reza. We definitely needed that. Appreciate um, the reference. And any final words or um, thoughts, guys, before we wrap things up? Eliana? I was just going to say to never be afraid to seek help. At the end of the day, that's what we're trying to let you guys know. So there's someone out there that cares about you, whether you know it or not. Thank you. That was I, that was greatly said. Um, you know, to go on that, I'd say my point of the day is, uh, you know, try and talk to someone. Be open. Be be vulnerable. Be, you know, show your weaknesses to someone, either a friend or someone you trust, a family member. Or talk to someone. Uh, don't hold it in. Um, you know, that's kind of my final closing point because that's why we're all here to help each other. Um, you know, we're not perfect as ambassadors. Obviously we still seek help and we need help. We don't know all the answers. We don't have all the answers. And, but the point is as a community, we can help each other and find those answers. And with all these great references and links and this podcast that we can do weekly or every three weeks, this is great. And so find help if you need it because it's out there and it's just wait, waiting for that one phone call. Any other thoughts, guys? All just, right. Just, just a call out. Stay in touch with our podcast and stay interact, interactive with us on social media. If you want a specific topic for, from us to talk about, feel free. Don't be shy. Comment. Um, we try to we try to be more active on social media f- from podcast's point of view. And if you need something, if you don't like what part of the podcast, just feel free to comment it on whatever social media platform you see our post. And we're really looking forward to hear from you. And thank you, Cindy, for being here. If if also you have something to say, feel free. Um, otherwise, I on behalf of everyone, I appreciate you. And it was nice to have your input. Because this was a more specific topic, we wanted someone to somehow correct us and give very um, correct answers. Some of it was not quite subjective, we wanted more accurate.
podcast out. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys for listening to podcasts. Please stay tuned. Please keep listening and tell a friend about us. Like Reza said, either like us or love us and keep listening. Thank you, guys. This is podcast.